Hi, this is JP from In The Scene Podcast. I'm your host, and today I've got a bonus episode for you. If you've been listening a little bit, you'll know that um, I had kind of a really cool thing happen to me here recently in the last uh, week, week and a half. And I wanted to talk about this experience that I had that involved getting outside in nature and helping me rekindle my love of fly fishing and fishing and and being outside by myself. So I thought I would tell that story to you today. So a little bit about me, in case you didn't know, I'm 44 years old. I have the fly rod company, J.P. Ross Fly Rods, which you can follow us on jprossflyrods.com and Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. And I fished hard uh, and loved it for a long, long time. And as you can imagine, what sometimes happens is you just kind of get embellished in that and life and you get married, you have kids, and you just don't get out as much as you used to. And this, uh, this void that I was experiencing uh, was, was kind of growing in me and I knew that I needed to do something about it. And part of that as a as a as a leader and a podcaster and and owner of the company I knew that I had to practice what I preach and I talk a lot about trying to get outside and um, nurturing your soul by being outside in the woods so I told myself that I was going to do that I was going to I was going to get outside and I was going to try to fish in the spring now there's another thing that's going on with me in the spring and that is I go through this period where I notice spring is coming and it starts to come and I see the forsythia tree you know blooms and it's yellow and I see the trilliums and and the lilacs and then the you know the maple leaves have popped and then the oak trees you know start to have their leaves because they come after the maples and then you start to realize that it spring is kind of like coming to a close and you're going to start to get into summer. Now, if you're a fly angler in the Northeast, anyway, by the time you get to mid-June, you may have missed the potentially some of the best spring fishing that you could have had. So I go through this situation where I see stuff changing, and I love the change. I love to see the green colors change. I love to see the flowers bloom, come and go. Uh, but it also, I get sometimes quite sad when I start to, to feel like I miss something. So what, uh, what this story is about is me telling myself that I was going to get out and I was going to push myself physically, not real hard, but I was just going to push myself to make sure I was going to get in the woods, um, deep enough that I was in there, that there was some excitement to it. But I was going to fish real hard, and I was going to fish at my own pace. And I was going to try to rekindle what I am as an angler and as a lover of nature. So I set up a plan that I was going to go fish for brook trout in a stream, in a place that my buddy Keith Tidball told me about 10 years ago while we were standing around the fire pit at Great Camp Sagamore after a trout power event. And if Keith remembers that event, we had a, a great time, had a couple drinks. We were, I, I added a bunch more people to the board of directors um, that night, and trout power really began to, to grow. And if you want to know information about that, you can go to troutpower.org. 
it's a citizen science group that we um, we started. So to make a long story short, Keith told me about this like a decade ago, about this place. And in order to get there, you've got to hike and then paddle and then you can fish it and then you can't paddle back to your car and then you've got to hike back to a takeout, walk again and then get back to your car. So not big deal, but um, but an adventure nonetheless. So I have searched long and hard for many, many years. I started the fly shop in 1997 and for a good 10 years I tried to find a big brook trout that... Uh, that I could say that I guess check the box, so to speak, make me feel like a man, you know. And um, I never did. Uh, some of the bigger brook trout I found were probably 12, 13, 14 inches, and that was it. Now, at one of the trout power events that we had, my very good friend Mark Usick caught a huge brook trout, which we have a podcast about. Also, there's a podcast episode about Mark catching this brook trout that was over 20 inches long. And I was super excited about him catching that fish and um, because it happened to him and I care about him and there was no you know, regret like why didn't it happen to me. I was so excited that that, that fish existed in nature and that was, the, that was what was so exciting to me and that it happened to Mark. Actually, John Segesta was there too and documented it with taking some pictures of it. So there was no resentment when I look on Instagram and I see these people with these fish and stuff. I uh, There is a little bit of, hey, you know, how come I'm not trying to do this anymore? And um, My wife was sitting in an Adirondack chair behind the house while the kids were on the swing set. And she said to me before I went on this trip that she kind of, I guess, uh, she doesn't think it's... <laughs> She doesn't think it's that attractive, so to speak, that I don't fish as much as I used to or that I'll sit in the boat and just kind of hang there and I don't fish. And that she wishes that I did. And that hit home with me, too, because I thought to myself, well, why don't I do it? So I made plans to do it, and I went on this on this adventure. So this is the story about that. And I left uh, Utica, New York, and headed up Route 12, into the Adirondack Park. Now, one really cool thing about traveling up to the Adirondacks, to the mountains, when it's spring, is that you feel like you're going back in time, so to speak, because what you missed enjoying the bud, trees bud, and and stuff like that, you get to see again as you go north. So as I'm driving up north, I can see the, the tree buds and the leaves shrinking. And it's kind of telling me like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss it, and um, I get a chance to go back in time and experience spring again. So I drove up and um, I packed a canoe on the on the jeep the night before. My canoe was was a piece of shit, uh, old town, covered in pollen and cobwebs and stuff. I, I flipped the thing over with Parker with me, and we saw spiders and stuff in it, and the ropes were kind of. Um, dried out and he's he was like dad how old is this and it wasn't that old it's just been neglected but i threw it up on the jeep and i didn't clean it and um and i had a great time driving up north watching these things uh happen in front of my eyes which was the trees essentially going back in time so i got to the um i got to where the trailhead was got the canoe down, put it on a cart, which my first learning experience was I had this cheaper cart that has small tires, which completely suck because you're 
tail will drag with the canoe when you're trying to go over dips and stuff like that. So I didn't use my good uh, canoe carrier, which has, you know, kind of bigger bicycle tires on it. I used this crappy one that had, like, little tires on it that you'd see on, a, on like, a, something to move cargo. So anyway, that was that, and I just, I dragged the thing, and I think my arms got maybe, I don't know, an inch longer from dragging it, and I got to where I needed to go and put the canoe in, and I took my time along the walk, and I enjoyed taking my time along the walk and stopping and sipping some water and looking at my app, and it was tracking me and, and kind of setting my own little um, my own little goals in regards to where I wanted to be on the trail and at what time. And I found myself looking back a couple times and reminding myself that I wasn't waiting for anybody or setting a pace for anybody. It was just me. And I wasn't nervous at all about being in the woods because I've been in the woods many times. But it was interesting that this was, it had been a long time since I had been hiking in the woods and I didn't have um, anybody with me. And I enjoyed that. It was, a, it was a really nice day. It was brisk. It was probably about 50 degrees when I left, maybe maybe even less than that, it might have even been uh, in the mid 40s, which was great because the black flies weren't out too bad. So I got to what I would call the put in, and I put the canoe into the water and paddled. And the um, it's not really a piece of junk, um, old old town canoe. It's a pretty good canoe, solo canoe. I think it's called a fusion, and it has like a foot pedal thing where you can steer yourself, and because you you double blade it with like a kayak paddle, and it was really nice because I was really booking as soon as I got onto the water I was like wow I am really going fast this two mile paddle is not is going to take no time at all and sure enough it didn't and I got to the headwaters and if anybody knows stream fishing that if you get to water that's moving your chances of finding fish go way up so I kept on going up river until I got to a point where the flow in between these rapids was um was confined and and I got into uh, I got into a section where there was a lot of current, and Keith tipped me off about this too, that I should get to the spot, and I did. So I got uh, I got the canoe in in place, and I started to fish, and lo and behold, I I caught a brook trout like right off the bat, and um, it was just me. I had the GoPro with me on a on a tripod. And got some pictures of it, and I caught that one, and I caught another one right after that one, and that one was even bigger, I maybe 12 inches or so, and it had um, talon marks on it from some kind of bird of prey, whether it was eagle or osprey or something like that. But I stood there and looked at it, and I paused, and I made sure that I was pausing to look at this stuff. And I paddled down a little bit around the bend and got out and ate some cold chicken that I brought and, um, you know, like a health bar, drank some water, took my time, and decided what fly I was going to use, decided what line I was going to use. I changed my rods. I had an 8-foot 3-weight prototype that I'm working on. I switched over to the Peacemaker, which is a 10.5-foot 4-weight, and um, put on a monoclear uh, airflow line and leader, and I put on a pretty good size streamer and started casting into the woods into the into the tr the trees the logs and as soon as i did that i hooked into a big fish now i say big that i don't i i have to go back and look at the pictures but like in mid-teens type of size fish which is a huge deal that's a big fish for us and for what i'm used to doing so 
I hooked that fish. I kind of set up the GoPro because I'm like, oh my God, this might be the only big fish that I get. I want to make sure that I document it. So now I'm dealing with the fact that I'm losing my zen, so to speak, because I'm trying to set up this camera. But it's okay because the camera's on the land. It's got a super wide angle and um, it wasn't too hard. And I kind of start to get back into my groove. I land that fish. I cast again into another spot. This time this fish swirls. The, the streamer came down through the run. The fish saw the fly, turned, swirled, came back around, hammered it, and I instantly hooked up. I didn't even really even need to set the hook because I was um, because I was drifting the fly, swinging the fly. So the fish hooked itself. It was just awesome. And that fish I've got a video of too. And I put the tripod right in the water and released the fish, and it was just awesome. So um, I got back in the boat and. I looked at my watch, and I wanted to make sure that I was back home by like 4 o'clock because the kids, I didn't know if I was picking up the kids from daycare or what, so I had to start getting ready to get up, get out of there. So it wasn't there that long, but it was long enough. So I started to paddle down river, and I remember that the fish that I caught were in the logs. And this was um, this was early May. And I had never fished like a, a wide flow like this before this time of year, but I fished for brook trout all over the place. And I've used a lot of different techniques. This was the first time that I had seen some action where I was throwing flies into the logs and retrieving the fly slowly, kind of almost for like lethargic largemouth bass and seeing fish take. So the first log pile that I come up to has got a great big foam uh foam kind of pile that's that's there that's backing up at the logs so you know i joke around that you know the foam is home so to speak for these fish right so i plop this streamer and i'm on like probably 4x 5x i plop the streamer right into the foam and instantly i get a big fish much bigger than the ones that i got before now we're talking we're into like high teens fish thick and i'm in the sticks and I'm in the boat. It's windy. I can't get my anchor down because I'm afraid if I drop anchor, it's going to get into the sticks. And now I'm going to be stuck. It's going to get it's going to get stuck. I'm going to have to try to get back to the back of the boat, cut it with the rope. Now I got to leave debris in the water and I don't want to do that. So I do what I sometimes do. And I just played the fish and drifted. And I figured if I just go slowly, I'll just I'll play the fish and I'll drift right into the logs. So I have a video of this, too. I'll try to put this together of me trying to catch this fish as it's going around the boat. I get that fish in. It's a it's a solid 16, 17 inch male brook trout, super thick. Hammers the fly. I release the fish on the side, and I'm like, oh my god, I, you know this is this is just awesome. And I'm having just a a great day, and I'm feeling like I'm doing this again. I can do this again. I still have it, and maybe it's a midlife thing. I don't know, but it certainly was. Something that I was experiencing where I wasn't sure if I still had the knack. And it appeared that I still have it. So I continued to drift down river and came to another log jam that was on the side. I very lax, just with without really any confidence, flipped the fly over the side, over towards the log pile. And I see this huge leviathan brook trout come up off the bottom, ticks the back of the fly, and 
I pull it out, kind of trout fever, but I also was like, this fish is so big, and I know I got light tippet on it. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I ticked him, pricked him, gently flowed, kind of drifted past it, and I thought, I got to come back at this fish. So I brought my stuff in, I stayed calm, paddled back around real wide over to the opposite bank. Now, the way this was, it was kind of like a jetty or a peninsula of, of kind of mud sticks that was coming out on the opposite side i was casting really well with the peacemaker so i knew i could reach this fish and i had a lot of room for my back cast so you know 50 60 70 foot cast was not going to be a big deal so i beach the boat get on the landing or whatever the jetty thing you could call it and i cast over strip strip bang the thing hits the fly and boink gone breaks off I see the fish come out from the log pile, and I can see how big it is. Now, mind you, the refractory index of the water, the fish looked, you know, three times bigger than it was. But still, the fish was just absolutely freaking huge. And it was so big that I actually wondered to myself, other, uh, was it a pike? Was it, a, was it some other species? Because this fish was so big, it didn't make sense that it was a brook trout in my head. So now I'm starting to shake. I'm starting to feel the the real pull of of your adrenaline going and a big fish and I and am I re- am I going to be able to get him I got do I have time yes I got time you know it was like a scene from the beginning of the incredibles I still got time to save the day so I started rummaging through my pack and I wanted to put on like 2x tippet but I, you know how the spools are and the tippet's like stuck on the spool I'm trying to find the freaking end of the tippet I can't find it it's got the little hair tie thing on it and I'm like son of a bitch right so they're staring at me on the end of the spool is zero x and I'm like you know what if these fish aren't fish that much I'm gonna put on a huge huge rubber strip um streamer and I'm gonna and I'm gonna cast this fish and if this fish is hungry he's gonna hammer this fly and I'm gonna have him on zero x and I'm gonna have nothing to worry about and the water's freezing I checked the water and was like water's like 45 so sure as shit I get back in position. I make one or two casts. I got the whole thing on GoPro because I set up the I set up the GoPro with the tripod. I'm I'm like kind of comfortable with that thing now. I got the whole thing on video. I, I it was like second or third cast, strip strip bang, and the fish just engulfs this streamer. It could see his mouth open up. I could see the black and the white in his mouth. He takes the fly, does kind of like a. a you know, gator barrel roll kind of on the surface, darts around a little bit. I can see the bottom. The sun's coming out a little bit. There isn't a lot of debris other than the stick pile that he was in. So I get the fish in slowly. I set up the camera so I can get a video of the camera. And um, and by the way, my good Canon camera, I left home and didn't even check if I had an SD card in it. So that thing was kaputz. So now all I got is my cell phone. So I try to take a couple pictures with my cell phone. The I'm feeling guilty because I'm playing the fish a little bit too long, but I know that the water's cold, but I got to get pictures of this because I it literally felt like it was my first fish. So you talk about going back in time and experiencing spring as I was driving up north. I literally felt like I had... I had just caught my first fish and it was an enormous brook trout. I don't, I, I don't, it wasn't 20 inches. It was, but it was, it was up there and I don't even care. 
I don't even care. I'm not doing this to try to compete with anybody. All I was trying to do was experience something in the woods for myself, and I did it, and it was awesome. And I I got some pictures of the fish. I released the fish, and um, I got back uh, over to the boat, and lo and behold, it's been sunny all day, white clouds, patchy clouds, and wouldn't you know it that it it starts to rain and i look up at the sky it's completely blue there's a cloud that is you know upwind of where i am that is obviously releasing some moisture and i said to myself what how is this even possible that of course i'm reading into it thinking this is heaven raining on me physically touching me saying i'm watching you how, what else, you know, was it just a sun shower? To somebody else, maybe. To me, it wasn't. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was heaven saying, it was watching me. And, uh, you know, I got choked up. I'm still, I get choked up now just thinking about it. And, uh, you know, we all lose people. Think about, does, you know, does heaven really exist? Obviously, if you're in touch with your faith, you do, but... Everybody doubts things, and it just was awesome. And I, um, I paddled back to the to the takeout, and went by a number of log jams, and said to myself, "Oh, the, there's probably more fish in there too." And uh, and here I am. I think it's two weeks later, um, and it's 90 degrees outside today. I know for a fact that the leaves have now opened up up there it's not the same it's not the same to go up there and have the exact same experience again right now it you couldn't do it again because spring happens so fast and especially in the adirondack mountains where once it gets warm things just pop and they've popped so i got to do it i got to experience it i got to i got to um i got to remind myself what it feels like to get outside, fish, be happy, and be content. And the only regret that I have is that I wasn't there with um, with my wife. Uh, she had to work and stuff, but she would have loved seeing this. So you fast forward to this following. That was a Wednesday, and you fast forward to a Sunday after that. And I had a birthday trip set up for my wife at the hungry trout ponds and we went and fished these ponds and in the same week my wife and i caught huge huge brook trout that i again have pictures of some of the fish approached three pounds many of them were 20 inches long my wife got two slammer fish i got a, a few other ones um we were we we just love fishing with our guide, Mike Egan, of Hungry Trout, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Again, there were things happening there in the wilderness that were unique, unique in that they were unique to spring. With the witch hobble, uh, was in full bloom with the white flowers, and I always I love that, and I love. I love seeing fiddleheads. There were fiddleheads all over the place. And there were trilliums. My wife had never seen a trillium before, and there were trilliums 
that were blooming. And all of these things were all happening, and it was all happening within the same week. And uh, I know I know that this is not something that happens all the time. But today, I went fishing again uh, by myself, and I fished a new rod that I'm working on. It's a five-foot, three-weight, three-piece beaver meadow. And I went fishing for a little while. It's a hot day, and I went fishing for, for only about an hour uh, for small, very small stream brook trout. And I wondered when I was catching these big fish at Hungry Trout and that, you know, as Mike said, I was that we were in Disneyland. I wondered, well, what's it going to feel like when I go back to the stream and I catch a fish that's, you know, four, five, six inches long? And the experience is this is still excellent. And it's just it just feels great. And it just reminds me of what I uh, what I love to do. And it also encourages me of why the why the the fly rod company and everything that goes along with it has been so successful. Why do I, why do we have customers that continue to buy so many rods from us and become our friends? And, and the reason is, is because this is the answer. Getting outside, spending time outside, having something to look forward to. If you, if you listen to the podcast that Steve Haig did of the destination angler talking to Joe Humphreys, Joe Humphreys said that the secret to life is having something to look forward to. And if heading to the river to a small stream to catch four inch and six inch fish is something to look forward to, then that's it. It's, it is not the absolute value of that experience is not determined by the size of the fish. The absolute value of the experience is, gets its value from how much you look forward to doing it. And that's why going and catching small stream fish is just as fun and just as rewarding as going to, in our case, a pond that is managed really well with wild fish in it, and the fish are three pounds. The anticipation and the expectation, all of these things add up to create the good anxiety of, uh, of the potential experience. And that is my... My bonus episode to you today from In The Seam Podcast. I wanted to share this with you. Um, and I hope that you get outside. I hope that you listen to this and it, and it helps you consider putting together your own little trip. And on a regular basis, putting together your own trips. And also consider going out by yourself. Because when you set your pace yourself and you don't have to necessarily be concerned. I don't want to say worry. You don't have to be concerned about making somebody else happy. Are you going fast enough? You know, is, did anybody see that you hooked a tree or any of that crap? Um, it's nice. It's really nice. And I think that you should do that for yourself. So thank you very much for listening today. I know that uh, it's a little change from the usual, but I thought that you might enjoy this story. So thanks a lot for listening. We hope you like this episode and maybe you'd like to listen to some other episodes of In The Scene Podcast. Just hit that subscribe button and please leave us a positive review. We sure would appreciate it and we'll see you on the water. Bye.